Hi, everyone, and welcome to Focus Forward, an executive function podcast where we explore the challenges and celebrate the wins you'll experience as you change your life through working on improving your executive function skills. I'm your host, Hannah Choi. In today's episode, I sat down with Dr. Bianca Bush to talk about college students and their experiences adjusting to college and caring for themselves and their mental health. Dr. Bush is a psychiatrist in the Dallas, Texas area, and also the founder and CEO of The College Psychiatrists, which is an organization dedicated to supporting the mental health needs of college students. We explored topics such as the importance of emotion regulation, which is always a fave of mine, learning to recognize and manage feelings of overwhelm, and the role of friends and other social networks in promoting mental well-being in college students. And as we know, the college experience is not just about academics, so it's critical for students to learn how to balance their academics with healthy social relationships. With a compassionate approach, which really, really resonated with me, Dr. Bush offered guidance on fostering resilience and building a foundation for success both in college and after graduation. So listen to learn from her knowledge and her experience as she shares her insights into the unique challenges that college students face today. If you are a longtime listener, you may know that most of my clients are college students. I thought it would be fun to hear directly from them. So keep listening after my conversation with Dr. Bush to hear two of my clients share what they do to balance their academics with social and take care of their bodies and their mental health. Now, on to the show. All right. Hi, Dr. Bush. Thank you so much for joining me on Focus Forward. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, would you introduce yourself and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Dr. Bianca Bush. I'm an adult child and adolescent psychiatrist. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of The College Psychiatrist, where we serve college students and their families. Um, we provide medication support and psychotherapy, and we'll also be offering groups pretty soon. Oh, cool. I work with most of my clients are college students. And uh, something that I see a lot is how much um, their emotions come into play and how much emotion regulation and mental health impacts their success at college mm -hmm. and their confidence in themselves and their um, self-efficacy. And I just wanted to explore that a little mm -hmm. bit and see how you support college students mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and what, what we can teach, you know, our college, the college students in our lives mm -hmm. about, um, you know, about taking care of their, their mental health and their, their, um, their emotions and their socializing mm -hmm. and everything. It's a big, it's all, it all really plays a big part in success in college. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, there's a lot of things to do, you know, in the field, we say there are a lot of developmental tasks that college students are handling at this moment, as you mentioned, sort of uh, developing friendships, making friendships, trying to figure out what to do with the friendships from back home if they've moved away from college or even if they're in the same town, their high school friends, um, and then managing their time. This is a big challenge, as you know, right? You're coming from high school where you have a, a schedule, you're scheduled probably from seven to two or three. And if you're in extracurriculars, maybe it's for five or eight. It just mm -hmm. depends on what you're involved in. And you've got oftentimes a parent who's helping you organize your time and keep everything together and getting to college. You just have a lot of free time. You might have two or three hours of class a day and then that's it. So I find that sometimes my patients don't know what to do with that extra time. Um, they're like, yes, I should be doing homework, but what else should I be doing? Um, mm -hmm. And then sometimes they're like, I should be doing homework, but they have a hard time organizing themselves to get that done. You know, um, as you know, college means longer term assignments, right? You get yeah. a one, sometimes one big final paper that's due over the quarter or the semester, and you're mm -hmm. not having multiple tests, you know, every week. 
So that can yeah. be challenging for students too and lead lead to overwhelm, right? Yeah. And you're not getting that constant feedback. Well, in many classes, you're not getting that constant feedback of homework assignments turning in and and a qu- small quizzes that kind of are act like a barometer, like, oh, mm-hmm. how are how are things going? You just have maybe like three exams and a final and that's mm-hmm. all you get. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is that is very overwhelming. I would say mm-hmm. that that's a common uh, experience that that a lot of my clients and a lot of my colleagues' clients have absolutely seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had, um, I had a client say to me, uh, he said, I think the reason why I struggled in college with, um, getting stuff done and managing my time was that was because when he was in high school, like you said, everything was so rigidly scheduled. Mm-hmm. He never really had downtime and he didn't do any of that scheduling. It just, you know, mm-hmm. naturally happened just because school mm-hmm. happened. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like extracurriculars or, or mm-hmm. if you have a job, you know, your boss mm-hmm. tells you when you need to mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So then you get to college mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah. And you think, oh, I have all this free time. It's not actually free time. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Definitely. And, you know, yes, you have all those systems and it- and the activities exist um, for college students. And, you know, if I am ever in the opportunity to advise parents as their students are getting ready for college or even students as they're getting ready for college, I really encourage them to think about what extracurriculars they're going to participate mm-hmm. in. I think it's very important, right? You have your academic demands, but um, because parents aren't there, it can be easy to say, oh, I'm not going to do anything at all, right? And so I'll have students who are just spending all of their time in the dorm. Um, and they're not socializing really. So that's one of the things that I try to pay attention to because it also, it, it, it helps you um, give something to put on your schedule, right? If you have a little bit of a time demand, then you're like, okay, I don't, I don't have all day to do my assignments, right? Like I've got it been done so I can get to X, Y, or Z activity. So I think for some people that can be really helpful mm-hmm. socially, but also organizationally. Yeah. So what, if you have a student coming to you and saying like, I'm struggling socially, uh, Mm -hmm. I've I've seen that where they, they have a really, really tight group of friends in high school Mm -hmm. and then they get to college and it's, it's harder to find their people. And, and some people, they just naturally are lucky and they just happen to fall Mm -hmm. in with people. And then other people maybe struggle with that. What Mm -hmm. kind of advice do you give uh, students who Mm -hmm. might be struggling or might be apprehensive about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I do um, some different exercises, sort of graded exposure to different things, right? I, I sit with them and I think about, okay, well, what social activities are possible? Uh, let's start close to home. You know, this is someone that's a freshman. What's happening in the dorm? Are your RAs doing any programming? Are there things that you can go to with folks in the house? That can be a place to start. Then we can start to think about organizations and things on campus, right? Um going to RSO, that's what they would call them in my college registered student organizations, but any, you know, um, any student groups, right, they'll often have fairs at the beginning of the year where you can see sort of what everyone is doing. A lot of the times they'll have an online presence and so you can check out their website or email someone. So I try to get folks, um, you know, if they liked boxing in high school, let's see, is there a boxing club there, right? Uh, You want to try something new? Uh, you know, and I often will relate my own experience. I played broom ball in college. Oh, no cool. Way, no way did I play that coming from Albuquerque, New Mexico. We did not yeah, have broom right. ball, but it was in Chicago. So, um, and fun and silly, not serious at all, really, at, at least, the you know, who I was playing with. So anyway, just encouraging them to explore and try new things. And so I will often really walk those steps with them. Okay, let's draft that email together. Let's send it, right? And this is in the therapeutic relationship that I'm working with them. Okay, you're nervous about going to practice. Why don't we practice just going to the field even before you have to go to practice? So that's a good idea. You know where you're going. Um, and then, you know, some I have someone who's just after college now, and and this is um, I talked about finding something on campus. You might even find things off campus if people are looking to um, connect with particular faith communities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a patient that I'm working with now, and she's out of college, but she's curious about faith communities. So 
getting in touch, getting them connected, say, Hey, you know, let's see if there's someone that can meet you there and sit with mm. you. So really um, trying to, to make it those first steps a little bit easier. And what we know, what I know is that the more you do, it's easier it gets, right? Yes. So we just, we just have to practice and, and keep doing it. Right. Um, but uh, the antidote is not just staying at home, right? Because mm. it gets into the avoidance cycle and then the semester's yeah. done and you've just been staying at home. Yeah. So um, finding something they might like, finding something they might be interested in and just sort of taking baby steps to get, mm. to get engaged. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of um, kind of scaffolding yourself and mm. supporting yourself. Like, yeah, like go and visit the place first or do a little mm-hmm. research first if you are mm-hmm. feeling a little nervous about, mm-hmm. about it. Um, and that kind of goes with anything, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be, uh, you know, social. If you're, if you're worried about finding your class on time, then you could right. you know, walk it, walk the yes. route and see how long it takes or, yeah. you know, make sure you're getting ready the night before, whatever, yeah. all these like sort of proactive things can really make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned the word overwhelm, which I, I hear uh, a lot. And um, mm-hmm. do, is that something that people come to you for and, and mm-hmm. mention when they come in? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so like, what does overwhelm look like, right? Because sometimes people don't even necessarily have the word for it, mm. but they have the feelings, right? And so they're just sort of not sure what to do next, yeah, right? Not sure that the next step to take, whether that's academically or um, even socially, right? They just don't know what to, they know they need to do something, but they're don't know what stuff to take. I find that academically, this can be the case, right? Again, you get that syllabus at the beginning of the semester and if you have your readings broken down, maybe, or you have your problem sets, but sometimes they're not sure sort of how to get started or, so there's just this, this feeling of uncertainty um, in the beginning. You know, as you go along, it can also look like having um, a short temper or a short fuse, mm. um, snapping on your friends, uh, your parents, even, right? It's just being more short with them. Um, some people, when they're overwhelmed, might just find themselves crying a lot, mm. just, you know, overcome with emotion mm-hmm. um, or even just feeling immobilized, right? Mm. Just like, I don't even know what to do. And, and sometimes that can lead to other kind of um, unhealthy coping behaviors, but ways that people cope, right? Just gaming. Like, I don't yeah. even know where to start. So I'm just going to game for a couple mm-hmm. of hours yeah. um, or I'm just going to watch YouTube or I'm just going to be on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it also look like uh, anger that kind of goes along with um, short temper, short few. So, you know, sometimes people won't have the word for how they're feeling, but these are some of the ways that it might manifest. It might show up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I get that like the 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 desire to want to escape in a game or in um mm-hmm. yeah some kind of like yeah like you said unhealthy or i get i like to say unhelpful um <laughs> yeah i like that i like that better yes yes <laughs> um like this un- these unhelpful things that we do they in the moment they feel really good right they're mm-hmm. regulating they we mm-hmm. feel better oh, but then they don't really get us anywhere if we have adhd or anything they're going to use up any dopamine that we really need for the rest of the day so yeah so um i had a i had a Mm. a client when he was a freshman he was so insightful he noticed that he started to notice that he was um playing video games a lot more and then Mm. um and then we talked about that and then he said he was going to try um Every time he wanted to video to do a, a game, he was going to try doing something else. So he mm-hmm. started going on walks around the campus with mm-hmm. his friends. Um, and he really discovered that it made a huge difference for him to cut that out as much as possible. He mm-hmm. ended up going so far as deleting everything off wow. of his phone. Wow. He deleted TikTok. Um, he kept YouTube because he needed it for school, but um, mm-hmm. he deleted all the things Instagram. Wow. He said his mental health completely changed. And that's pretty extreme. I mean, like you have to be pretty dedicated to do that. But he was also, I think he was also concerned. He was concerned about how he was feeling. Um, 
And mm-hmm. so now he's a sophomore. He has a little bit more experience. He said he he is able to um, have more self-control with that. Mm-hmm. So do you see that like as you're working with students and their experience, do they become more confident in their own ability to to take care of themselves? Certainly, as time goes on, and comfortable advocating for themselves, Mm. right? I know that, you know, excuse me, they might say, I know that if I don't do X, then I'm not going to feel good. Um, You know, I know if I don't get this amount of sleep, I'm not going to feel good. Or they may say, I know if I hang out with this certain group of people, it's going to lead to me doing X, Y, or Z, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I I take care of all mental health conditions, including substance use as a mental mm-hmm. health condition. So, you know, students are like, okay, I know if I hang out with this group, like what we always do together is drink. And I know I'm going to mm-hmm. get so wasted and like make bad choices. So I'm not going to hang out with them or I'm going to hang out with them until they go to the party and I'll just mm-hmm. do something else when they go to the party. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that really increases over time that people develop a hopefully develop a self-awareness um, and understand themselves a bit better. How do you support, like if you notice that a client is struggling with self-advocacy or struggling mm-hmm. with that self-confidence to say like, hey, this doesn't work for me. Um, what mm-hmm. are some things that people can, how are some ways that people can practice mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. So um, academically, the folks that I'm dealing with will often qualify for accommodations. Mm -hmm. And so if they haven't received accommodations, I'll work with them to support them with a letter, but then they have to, you know, apply themselves. Right. And so that is, you know, activating them to do that, fill out the application, meet with the coordinator on campus and then, you know, sort of see what they're able to offer. And so supporting them through that process. Right. And then if they do receive accommodations, seeing if those accommodations are implemented. And when they're not, we're thinking together about, okay, well, what can you do? Should you talk to the professor directly? Okay, if that's not working, then what's next? Really sort of thinking through those next steps together. Um, If it's socially, it's gonna be like with roommate issues, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, My roommate has their partner over all the time and that's not what we agreed to. Um, So really coaching, sometimes we'll even do some role play, uh, talking to the roommate. What do you want? Like what rules do you wanna set? What can you you negotiate on and what can't you? Um, And so, you know, there are ways that you've gotta advocate for yourself in that way with friends or peers. And then with parents, this is another one, right? Um, Teaching how to advocate with parents. And sometimes I'm able to help with that. Sometimes I'm present for those conversations or like, I really want to say this to my parents, but I don't know how or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, Or even again, doing the role play just as I would, you know, for a roommate situation, I I can do role plays with um, my patients uh, in in how they all speak to their parents. but sometimes, sometimes it's helpful to have an advocate come in and, um, and this is unique to sort of the work that I do where I may meet with a parent alone to talk about like, well, what is ADHD? Sometimes parents mm-hmm. are not convinced their child has ADHD or they don't know what PTSD is and what to expect. And so I'll do a little bit of psychoeducation, what we call mm-hmm. psychoeducation with the parent um, about that. And that's the student advocating for that. You know, I offer it. And they can say, no, I don't think I need that. Or they can say, yes, my mom, my dad just doesn't get it. Um, Can you help me with that? So Mm -hmm. different, different areas. And this is, this is why I love working with this group because this is like life skills, you know, you you learn how to advocate for yourself and you're going to be able to do that for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I love this group. Oh, me too, for the same reasons. It's so it's so wonderful to see all those skills emerging, and 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 it is college is kind of like almost like a safe place to kind of experiment yeah. that, with that. I yeah. mean, it's still very real, um, right. you know, but it's um, it's a little bit more safe than just like out in the out of the world. Yeah. So 
I was just thinking if we can go back to the that um idea of overwhelm um and yeah. I was just thinking all of these things like if people are going to advocate for themselves if they're going to ask for what they need if yeah. they're going to have a difficult conversation with a roommate or if they're going to introduce themselves to their professors they they need to be already mm-hmm. feeling mm. confident and good mm. about themselves and so mm. So does it make sense for the student to tackle the working on their mental health and how they feel about themselves Mm. before they have those conversations? It's kind of tricky because those conversations Mm -hmm. might be part of that. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that um, it's sort of a, a dual process like you might be working on that self-esteem while in one area while it's you know still difficult in other areas and so um what I like to do is I and again this is something I advocate for if someone is not confident either about approaching teachers I I like to build strengths in other areas and that confidence can sometimes carry over Mm. okay you know you know you're an excellent lacrosse player, right? And so let's talk about what it's like to be on the field and where where do you really shine? So I like to to try to build confidence in other areas while or really um, emphasize or highlight the areas where people are strong while we're building in areas where they're not that confident. So I wouldn't necessarily say that um, you have to wait until you have confidence to do these things that are challenging. It's like kind of a, a process that sh- they should be happening sort of at the same time. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So they support each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so if someone is on campus and struggling and they don't have support, um, they can go to the counseling office or like, Mm -hmm. where do you Mm -hmm. recommend Mm -hmm. for students look for support on campus? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, Counseling centers are a fantastic place. Um, you can go, you can always just walk in. Sometimes you'll need an appointment to meet for a specific thing. If you're having a very hard time, usually you can just walk in and see someone mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to help you figure out, um, do you need mental health support or do you need academic support? And they're often on campuses, other places uh, where you can get academic support, tutoring, uh, extra help with different things. So student counseling is a great place to start. I feel like if you are you know, feeling panic, feeling overwhelmed, as we've talked about today, uh, feeling very sad, um, any of those things, that's a great place to start. And then, you know, when I thought about what we were talking about today, how do you deal with overwhelm? I thought, okay, how, how would I, what would I tell someone to do? So I would say that you want to first sort of assess, and this is really sort of taking a moment to like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed why am I feeling overwhelmed? I have this paper due and this problem set due and this, and I don't, you know, what is making you feel overwhelmed? Like that's the first step. And then sort of organizing yourself and thinking like, okay, well, it's this problem set. Well, why haven't I started the problem set? Well, because I'm not sure how to implement this equation. Okay. So you're sort of organizing yourself to figure out who you're going to get Mm. help from. Yeah. So assess, organize, and then take action. And that's really reaching out for help. So whether it's student counseling, sometimes you don't even know where to go. And I, again, I like to start with, ask your RA, ask your RH. That's why they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why universities often have rules that freshmen have to live on campus in housing Mm -hmm. because they want you to have that support. Yeah, have that support. Yeah. And RAs, RHs, they're ready for those questions and they know the resources on campus. So really just asking, even if you don't know what the solution is, like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. What should I do? Mm -hmm. Um, I was an RA. I was doing all sorts of things for people. Cool. Um, I was teaching someone how to iron. They didn't know. Ah, Awesome. So you I love that. Uh, RAs, yeah. they, we can do a lot of different things. Um, yeah. And they're they're doing that because they want to. They're in that position mm-hmm. because they want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think 
I, I, I have seen and experienced myself. It is really hard to ask for help. Yeah. It's hard to, it can be really hard to say like, I'm struggling. And maybe you don't know why. Maybe you're just like, I'm struggling. I can't figure out why. Um, so yeah, I yeah. love that advice. Like go to your RA. It's probably the person you're going to know the best on campus if yeah. you're a freshman. Um, and, and, and it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, RAs, upperclassmen, if you happen to know any of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just shows the importance of getting connected on campus. And and, and it mm-hmm. might feel like it's stepping outside of your comfort zone to reach mm-hmm. out and to connect with people. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you reach a level of comfort with that person, then they're going to become your comfort zone mm-hmm. and then they can help you, you know, mm-hmm. step even farther out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so something else that uh, we talked, we just mentioned a little bit, but I'd love to explore a little bit is finding balance between Mm. your academics and your social life. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I work really hard with on my, um, on with my clients because I feel like, I feel like so much, a lot of the talk about college is about the academics. What are you going to major in? What, you know, Mm -hmm. is this the best school academically for me? Do they have the Mm -hmm. department that I'm interested in? Mm -hmm. Da, 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 da. And so much that needs to be considered is that social part. Mm -hmm. Because once Mm -hmm. you get out of school, a Mm -hmm. a lot of life is about socializing and it is about Mm -hmm. the people that you, and whether it's your found family or your actual family or just Mm -hmm. the people that you call your colleagues or whatever. So how do you support your clients um, on, on finding that balance and then maintaining Mm -hmm. it? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's as important as you said, as academics, sometimes if not more important um, because yeah, you know, again, I say that, a lot of students will have the experience that they get to college and they were superstars in high school and they are not superstars in college because everybody is a superstar. Right. And so I feel like you need to have some kind of activity or community that's booing that makes you feel like, Hey, you are still a superstar. Even if you're not scoring the top in your class in the way that Mm -hmm. you were used to before coming Mm -hmm. to college. Right. And so I really, um, try to say, you've got to have some kind of activities, right? And so I find that the people that I end up helping more often are more involved in academics and we're really trying to work mm. in to bring the social. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's sometimes the case where the reverse is true. Like we're trying to focus more on academics and, and look at the social. And so, you know, at the bare minimum, I'm thinking, I'm asking them, okay, academically, what are acceptable grades for you? Where are you planning to go? What kind of grades do you need to have for graduate school? Are those reasonable expectations? And once we can sort of think about what our goals are academically, then we can sort of fill in the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if you just need to get these, okay, great. And it's like, if it's okay that you get a C, you know, maybe that's not the best, but like, is it okay? then we have more time to put these other things. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking to go to a really competitive graduate school or graduate program and, and, you know, grades are super duper important. I'm like, okay, yes. And let's have at least one thing that you can do. That's fun. Yeah. Right. So yeah. just sort of working with them to assess like, what are their goals? Where are they going? What's reasonable and how can we manage it? How can we put that in looking at their schedule? When are they going to hang out with friends? Is it going to be at 10 PM? Is it going to be on the weekends? You know, is it going to change from week to week? So looking at schedule is another thing that we can do to help them figure out how to balance all of it. Um, And then in terms of activities, figuring out, really exploring, like, what do you enjoy? What's the purpose of you doing it? Are you doing it because, you know, for instance, fraternity sororities, because your parents did it and you're a legacy do you actually like it um, mm. or not? And if not, let's find something that you really do like. Um, yeah, I had so. a client who um, pledged a fraternity and and joined the fraternity. And mm-hmm. then a few months later, realized it just wasn't for them and mm-hmm. or for him. And um, and so he ended up and he ended up leaving. And and he said it was the best decision. He's glad <laughs> he went through the whole pledging mm-hmm. process and and becoming a 
I don't know the I, I, I wasn't in, it wasn't in Greek life, so I don't know a brother. Um, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. but um, but then he was also really glad that he left. And then um, I you know I have another client who is going through the whole process right now, and it's yeah. it's it's difficult for him because it is pulling him away from his academics, but he has mm. really found like a really solid social environment that he also really needs yeah. um, as a person. He's a very yeah. social person and he, and he really needs that, you know, like kind of yes. loving, super supportive group. Um, yeah. And at the same time, it's taking him away from his academics. So yeah. it's, yeah. So what, yes. are, what are you doing in that instance? How are you helping him balance the two? Uh, yeah, it's really <laughs> tricky. Um, he just keeps promising me that he's going to get back to his work after um, after the pledging is over. Uh-huh. So um, he says after Thanksgiving, he's going to make up for what he's missed. So um, I really okay. hope that he's able to. Um and, you know, I mean, I guess that is something to consider. Like you, mm. sometimes you end up on academic probation uh, wow, and, absolutely. and yeah. And so then you have to, uh, mm. that can also be motivating though. I have seen mm-hmm. that be motivating mm-hmm. in, um, in my clients, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult to support someone. It's usually the other way around. Like, let's try mm-hmm. to encourage you to, to, to not hit the book so much, mm-hmm. and, like make mm-hmm. some friends and do that. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really exactly sure how I'm gonna <laughs> get him. I'm just praying for pledging to be over soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, just that whole balance. I feel like I feel like success in college is just all about finding balance, balance mm-hmm. between your academics and your social life and between um, you know, it, like this there's sort of like this tension between um like you you need to you need to be a little bit stressed because that keeps you on mm-hmm. your toes and I, like i've noticed that mm-hmm. students that have more classes tend to do mm-hmm. better because mm-hmm. like you said they're busier mm-hmm. when you're involved mm-hmm. in an activity it adds something mm-hmm. to your schedule it keeps you busier mm-hmm. so you're less likely to just sit around and do mm-hmm. do nothing in that that so-called free time. Yeah. Um, but then you can't go too far because you don't right. want to end up with too much. Right. Like um, someone I know who decided to take six classes, like, and, and they realized like, that's too much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. But yeah, yes. I think, yeah, getting to know yourself and mm-hmm. being able to advocate for yourself is really important. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you, uh, what kind of, um, you know, what kind of success stories have you seen in, in your, in your clients? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, so many, um, you know, one student I have, um, really afraid of emotions and experiencing emotions, Mm -hmm. getting into their, one of their first serious relationships and Mm -hmm. really enjoying it and, and letting themselves enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, that that felt really that was really exciting and rewarding. Mm. Um, really, some students who uh, you know, one particular student who came in to the school year, family thinking that they would not be able to make it, finishing with flying mm. colors the whole school year. Wow, how cool! Like, yeah, it was like a three point nine GPA. Wow, what? Yeah, so exciting, so yeah. proud. Yeah. Um, Another student that I have just really gaining insight over time about their substance use mm. and, and reducing their use in a, a really healthy way, yeah. uh, you know, that also is good. And, and then being able to stay in school yeah. as they reduce their use. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. across the board. Um, I think, uh, you know, some students having their ADHD treated with medication mm-hmm. who may have never had it treated mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Um, or even getting the accommodations that they need at school and feeling yeah. comfortable asking for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of those things feel really, really mm-hmm. satisfying. And yeah. Yeah. And a theme that I kind of see through all of those is self-confidence and belief, yeah. like belief in themselves yeah. and, and that self-efficacy, like, yeah, I yeah. can, I can make these changes. I can yeah. make these really healthy decisions for myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that yeah. that's so much what college is about, right? Like that discovery yeah. of, of who we yes. are and 
what we're good at, what we need to work at. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's a, you know, it's, it, it's a privilege really. And so I have to acknowledge that to be able to have the time to really explore as a young person, to explore, to learn, to have the space to grow. Not, mm-hmm. not all young people have that, if, you know, maybe they're yeah. not able to attend like a four-year mm-hmm. college and view it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is a luxury. Um, if you, is. if you do get to have that, yeah. it is a luxury and really yeah. can be a joy, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And that actually, you know, brings up a good point. Like not everybody takes this traditional path to college. You know, some yeah. people, you know, go into work, um, and, 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 um, and those skills can still be worked on and developed and, oh, yeah. and need to be, you absolutely yeah. need to, you need yeah. to be able to advocate for yourself at work, especially if you, you know, have ADHD or another yes. diagnosis that, you know, you might need some extra whatever, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or just needs to ask for something. And yeah, mm-hmm. so that self-efficacy and, mm-hmm. and trust in yourself and confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I don't think so I think we've covered all of the things, um, but I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you do and that, um, your organization does for people is so valuable. So, so valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I come away thinking of, I like have a sense of hope and encouragement, right. Mm. When people come with their various diagnoses and conditions, right. I always tell them like, I'm the holder of hope for you mm, when it I love seems that. like, I don't know if this is going to work or I can do this or I can do that. Right. Like yeah. I can see the end, right. Mm-hmm. I can see what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, you and organizations like yours also are that way, right? You mm-hmm. you know that people can get organized, yeah. Can, you know, do yeah. all these things, and they can have yep. a better outcome. Mm-hmm. So I just come yeah. away um, yeah. thinking of that being reminded of that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It is very rewarding work, isn't it? Supporting mm-hmm. people. <laughs> yeah. It is. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool. And, and is there anything you're excited about? Anything that you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, professionally with the college psychiatrist, we're growing, continuing to care for people, uh, always great. expanding to the states that we serve. Like I said, Looking forward to offering offering groups here pretty soon, which um, is going to make our services more accessible, hopefully, to different people um, and accessible in a, a different way, a different style of treatment. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that's one of the things I'm most excited about. Yeah. And if people are interested in learning more about your practice and where you mm-hmm. guys um, work, where how can they find out more? Um, you can visit us at collegepsychiatrist.com. Great. And is that psychiatrist singular or plural? Singular. Um, okay. Collegepsychiatrist.com. We're cool. also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, so you can check us out there as well. Great. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of good information out there. <laughs> and I, um, I, I add that there's a lot of good information out there that is really good to pair with working directly mm-hmm. with a therapist or psychiatrist or psychologist, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever works best mm-hmm. for you. I mm-hmm. see a therapist myself and it just Same. makes such a big difference. It's oh, yes. just huge. Yes. It's yes. just life-changing work. It's hard. Yes. It is hard. Therapy <laughs> is hard. Yeah. Therapy it's hard. really hard, it's but it's, <laughs> it's such good work. So yeah. Anyone listening, I guess the takeaway for today is uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid yes. to tell people what you need. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Bush. And um, I'm so grateful to you for the work that you do. And I'm sure that your, you know, your clients are just also very <laughs> grateful for your support as well. So uh, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Take care. All right, so let's check in with my college clients now. I sat down first with Caroline and then with Justin, and both Caroline and Justin are sophomores, and they both attend large universities in the United States. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for joining me. Of course. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Yay. So we are talking about college students and mental health today, and I wanted to know what helps you when you are feeling overwhelmed? I think that is such a great question. I think 
definitely in our generation today, like college can be really fast paced, really fast moving. And it's sometimes hard to like take a second and just slow down and like mentally and physically, I feel like both like your mind and your body, like sometimes just kind of have to take a second and like, okay, I got this. Like sometimes telling yourself those little like quotes or like, I don't know, something that makes you feel like inspired. Um, But personally, I think what really helps me is definitely if I'm overwhelmed, like it's for academic purposes, I will kind of like take a second and go off of like my laptop or whatever assignment I'm like doing and just go on like a walk with my friends or go to like get a little bite or something to eat. Um, But definitely staying organized and really planning ahead will help that like overwhelming feeling go away for me. And I think the biggest difference in my life that Beyond Booksmart has done for me is planning ahead and learning how to use my time management has been the biggest impact on my life. Because not only is it in school, like I know like, okay, this assignment, I'll probably take me like an hour. So I'm going to set aside like an hour and a half, two hours in my day to like really sit down and complete it. Or like if I have a test, I want to prioritize the studying and know like I need at least a week ahead. But it's also outside of my life, like getting ready for something or going to like an event. Like I know how much time I need to have. Um, I know that was wordy, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think I just really like to stay organized, but if I'm really overwhelmed, I think it's great to like go and see your friends and like take a little walk or get Starbucks, something like that. I love it. (laughs) So that brings up a great question. How do you make sure that you keep that academic part of yourself and the social part of yourself balanced as a student? That's an awesome question. I think that is also not to be repetitive, but like another thing that I think students struggle with they're like okay I can have such a great social life but like I need to like stay on track with school so they're kind of like okay how do I balance the two and I'm a sophomore it's definitely I'm still learning because last year I think my balance was way off and I was not prioritizing school and I was prioritizing like social life but I was not like happy and then once I did things like made me happy like move my body or work out stuff like that really made me realize like taking care of yourself and like taking care of like your body, your mind, your soul, all that stuff is so important. But personally, I think it's just like getting up and being like, okay, I get to go to class and I get to work out and I get to like be around people who I love. That's what makes me like, like, okay, I can do this. And at times it's definitely overwhelming. Like if I have three classes in a day, like back to back, something like that, I definitely like, okay, like I feel like, oh my gosh, my whole the whole day is just like academics and it's like oh my god I don't have time to like go and like see my roommate or see my friend something like that but you really just have to set time aside and obviously you go to your classes and then really maybe like take I don't know an hour out of your day to just like again like go on a walk or get like lunch with a friend instead of going right into a homework assignment because then you know it's it's a lot it'll burn burn you out if you go right into like an assignment right after two-hour class something like that but I think it's just so important, like balancing those two lifestyles together. It really for is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, so you mentioned taking care of yourself. What other than moving your body, you said, I know you like to exercise a lot. What else do you do to take care of yourself? Part of like, I'm, yeah, I'd call it a passion is I love being creative in every aspect of my life. And something I love to do is cook. Like I genuinely enjoy cooking. I don't know. There's something about it. Like, tapping into those creative sides of me like with cooking that just like it's just so fun for me but I also love like in my free time I've been painting more um I love always have loved art it's always been like my favorite thing to do and it really just like it's almost like therapy for me and it calms my brain down it calms myself and I can just like paint or draw like what I feel and it's great and everyone has like those little hobbies and I think it is so important to like again set time aside to do those little things like whether it's like to cook or to draw or to I don't know play like basketball friends something like that like it is just so important like yes school is a priority and like having a great social life but also set time aside for yourself and I love working out I try to work out every morning because it really puts me in a better mindset like okay I feel like more productive I feel like I already accomplished a huge thing today so personally like doing things 
that you love is so important. Yeah. And you're so good at that. <laughs> yeah. I really try to. And I think yeah. that's the biggest difference from like sophomore year to my freshman year. Like I incorporated more things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. So as a, you know, as a person who really um, has, you know, you had a challenging first year and now you are just thriving in your second year, what advice do you have for college students? I think right off the bat, I'm just going to say freshman year is an experience that whether you have like the best possible, like positive experience, that's great. You're going to have bumps in the road. Like there is no doubt, no one has a perfect freshman year. And I cannot stress that enough you are your own person and you are going to have times where like again like the stress and overwhelm from school and and you're just getting to know people so you don't even know who your real friends are like I think a huge part of freshman year is like try to meet as many people as you can really try to say yes to most things I know it sounds weird but like going out try to say yes and like really try to go outside your comfort zone I think something I could have done better for sure is being more involved in my sorority and being more involved with off-campus events last year. And I think I've greatly improved that this year, but like really tried to say yes. I know that sounds weird, but like, no, trust. sounds great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would just say, try to also really try to live in the moment. Don't think about like, Oh, a, a year from now, like what's going to happen. Don't think about that. Like, yeah, think about it a little, like the future is good to think about, but don't overwhelm yourself with that. Cause I think living in the moment is so important and like memories with your college friends will last forever. That one science class you missed, it doesn't matter. <laughs> or if, or a test you failed, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like try to like, you know, stay on top of it, but really like it's those memories and those people that is so important and beautiful. Hey, Justin. Thanks for joining me. Hey. Hey. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about um, college students' uh, experience and mental health and balancing social life and mental health. And um, so I just wanted to ask you, what helps you when you're feeling overwhelmed? What do you do for yourself? Uh, what I've found, um, by and large, university is that everything, 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 everything stems from self-care. If I'm like, if nothing is going well, if specifically, if like nothing in like self-care wise is going well, if I'm not eating well, if I'm not sleeping regularly, if I'm not like taking time to like decompress from everything, nothing else happens. So you kind of have to like, if you think of it as like a pyramid, that's like your foundation. You got to start down there. So um like regarding like the specifics, like if I'm like, if I'm like really cooked, if I have a whole bunch of stuff to do, if I'm super busy, I really do have to make sure that even with all that busyness, like I have to get eight hours of sleep. I have to eat regular meals or else it'll just downward like spiral into this cataclysm of complete mess. So that's kind of where I start for everything. Food specifically, eating well makes such, such, such a difference. Mm, I love that. So how do you make sure you keep your academic and social lives balanced as a student? And how do you do that? So I I have a little bit of a, I guess, non-conventional way of going about that I actually developed pretty recently. I try to like act on the guideline where it's like everything has equal like weight, but I still have to go through and make sure that like, this is what I need to do today. This is what I need to do then. They're both equally important but oh, I guess I have more commitments towards this today, or I need to do this by this period of time. That's kind of how I go through engage it. But it's not like, like telling yourself that something is like less important or something like doesn't matter, or it's like, oh, I don't need to see my friends or I don't need to do this assignment. That's where like you start to get into those like the like like that bad like mindset of like, oh, this doesn't matter. What am I doing? Um, particularly it's very easy to fall into that rabbit hole with school because it's very easy to be like, oh, these classes don't matter. They're just going to, they're just a number at the end of the day, but they are still important and they still like are something that you should be putting your time towards. So think of it as like, okay, yeah, it sucks that this is something I don't want to do, but it's still like something that I need to like kind of meet like my quota for in order to make sure that everything else kind of stays where it needs to be. And I can still keep like meeting people. I love that. Yeah, so it sounds like being flexible and, um, and kind of taking a look at each day and seeing what the priorities are for that day. 
Yeah, but specifically not necessarily holding anything as more important or less Yeah, important than anything else. It's I like love that. the time you spend does not necessarily mean how important or how valuable something is. They're all kind of on the same playing field. It's just like, oh, I might have more class one day or I might have done my homework one day so that I can have a whole day to spend with my friends. But that doesn't mean that like one is more important than the other. It just means that you need to like balance like your time schedule around that. I love that. So what advice do you have for college students who are just starting out or are looking to improve their college experience? Uh, well, I definitely had a very interesting <laughs> first couple first couple of years with um, a couple on it, like some unexpected uh, disasters, I suppose, and on class for a real reality check. Make sure you know how to study or at least like learn how to like learn how to learn like a really good discovery that I found just this year is that handwriting taking notes by hand and actually having like a physical notebook that I can pull out and like write down. is a total game changer. Like if you type something for me, it just does not stick. Nothing has any weight, but like even like the actually, and if you think of it from like time standpoints, I've had to spend less time studying because I've handwritten my notes and I just remember the stuff intrinsically a lot more. So that like that, that like alone helps so much with time management. It helps with like what I want to do and how I feel like I'm spending and valuing my time. And it's like such a huge thing, but that's not everyone. Some people need to keep typing. If you're taking a class that's super hard and the professor is talking at a mile a minute, you might need to have like fast enough fingers to get all the information down. And like, I guess a trick for that is you can type it up and then go back and then write it down later or do like a bunch of different other strategies. But yeah, figure out how you study, how, how to take notes and how to study with those notes effectively. Cause that makes school much easier, which makes everything else. much easier afterwards. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. If you are in college, I hope you learned something that supports you while taking care of your academics, your social life, and your mental health. It's a lot. If you are the parent of someone in college, hopefully this episode gave you some ideas for how to support your child in ways that help them build autonomy, independence, and healthy supportive relationships. If you have questions or topic suggestions for me, you can reach out to me at podcast at beyondbooksmart.com. You can subscribe to Focus Forward on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Sign up for our subscriber email at beyondbooksmart.com slash podcast. Our endlessly supportive producer and editor is Sean Potts. And Justice Abbott is our content marketer who says what needs to be said, and we love her to pieces for it. Very special thanks to Dr. Bush for joining me, to Angela Malloy for connecting me with her, and of course to Caroline and Justin, two of my clients who continue to impress and inspire me every time I meet with them. Thanks for listening.